America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A particularly great day if you're one of those strange souls who just loves the story of uh, un unauthorized classified documents being found in people's homes. Uh, the entire scandal has now expanded to include the former vice president of the United States, the former governor of Indiana, former leading member of Congress, and a presidential candidate, everyone assumes, Mike Pence. Say it ain't so, Mike. Uh, Mike Pence actually did say it ain't so, but it now turns out there were four boxes of uh, Mark classified material that he discovered in his home in Indiana. I, by the way, the New York Post in their coverage of this had all of these lavish photographs of, of what an elegant home it, it was. And of course, it, it really does look like a big mansion. And one of the questions you, you raise on something like that is, Mike Pence, uh, he's been a public servant for a long time. He's never been known to be a particularly wealthy guy. So where did all the wealth come from? Okay, this, um, by the way, uh, sees Mike Pence being defended by an unlikely source. The 45th president of the United States with whom he served, uh, Donald J. Trump, has uh, rushed to the defense of his former number two. He posted on Truth Social that Mike Pence is an innocent man. He never did anything knowingly dishonest in his life. Leave him alone. And uh, the problem for Mike Pence is that uh, he has denied as recently as November that he took any classified documents from the White House with him. He served in the White House as vice president of the United States for four years. And he didn't, he says, take anything with him, but it turns out they ended up at his home. This is uh, President, uh, Vice President uh, Pence being questioned about the documents scandal and the documents issue, which now seems to be infecting everybody in Washington. But here is um, Mike Pence in November being asked about it. Listen. Did you take any classified documents with you from the White House? Uh, I, I did not. Um, Do you see any reason for anyone to take classified documents with them leaving the White House? Well, there'd be no reason to have classified documents, particularly if they were in an unprotected area. Uh, well, there were classified... Okay. So his home is an unprotected area. He says he put the documents in his safe. Uh, this has led to all kinds of speculation. Were the documents planted by one of his political enemies? Uh, not by President Trump, uh, one would suggest, even though they have become political enemies. Uh, but President Trump is rushing to his defense. Uh, President Trump, by the way, is also facing a decision which is coming out from that grand jury uh, accusing him of election interference, illegal, maybe even felonious election interference in Georgia. That's Fannie uh, Willis, uh, the uh, district attorney, the prosecuting attorney of Fulton County in Georgia. 
one of many, many cases that Trump is dealing with. But he also got some very good polling news today that we will get to. Uh, this is Senator Lindsey Graham uh, today uh, speaking about this stunning discovery of classified documents at Vice President Pence's home. Now, what's amazing about this is the word stunning and Mike Pence don't usually fit together. He's not a guy with kinds of dark secrets and big surprises and, and rampaging scandals. He's been a solid, decent, very much admired public servant. This is Lindsey Graham commenting on the most recent revelations. Clip 17. Uh, you got Trump, you got Pence, you got Biden. The only thing I think you'll find at my house is a bunch of Chick-fil-A bags on the floor. Uh, the bottom line is I don't, I don't know how this happened. We need to get to the bottom of it. I don't believe for a minute that Mike Pence is trying to intentionally compromise, compromise national security. I think that about Biden and Trump, but clearly we've got a problem here. So hopefully when this is all said and done, maybe we're overclassifying things. That may be part of the problem. But count me in for getting this fixed. And the vice president, I know very well, I'm sure he'll stand up and be the first to say, if I had classified information in my house, uh, to explain why. I think he's one of the most decent people I've ever met. And so what became a political problem um, you know, for Republicans is now a national security problem for the country. Okay. Uh, it, to, to what extent it's a national security problem? Who knows? But the one thing that should be very clear, and my guess is you'll actually hear about it in Biden's State of the Union address coming up on February 7th, is a very public declaration that can be heard not only by every incoming member of Congress, every incoming member of the cabinet, every president, every vice president, but more importantly, the people on their staffs, that it is absolutely not permitted to take classified uh, material out of the uh, places in which it is actually being used. You don't take it home with us. They're not souvenirs. They can't be treated as souvenirs. Uh, totally uh, inappropriate. The, uh, uh, the story uh, it comes out in its, its greatest detail, actually, in the New York Post at the moment. And they report former Vice President Mike Pence turned over two boxes of records uh, with classified markings that were found at his Indiana home to the FBI in the latest high-profile instance of a high-ranking official potentially mishandling secret documents. Pence, who was 63, said he found the records after the bombshell revelation earlier this month that President Biden stashed classified records dating to his vice presidency at a D.C. office and next to his classic car, the Corvette Stingray, at his Delaware home. Uh, this uh, sparked a special counsel investigation. Is, is Pence going to now get his own special counsel? And if he doesn't, should he be feeling special counsel envy? Nobody wants a special counsel investigating every aspect of your life. Uh, they spent 13 hours searching uh, Biden's home in Delaware. You wonder, uh, because the, uh, frankly, the, the Pence home in Indiana looks extremely large and very lavish. Uh, they could spend more than 15 hours searching through there. 
And what is it that uh, it would even occur to anyone to take that would be classified to take away into the home of the vice president who uh, and and by the way it's not like Trump Trump's situation was he wasn't planning to leave he was planning to stay in the white house and that becomes very clear from the january 6th investigation president trump even as late as january 6th had not gotten it into his head yet that he was actually going to have to leave the presidency now, now mike pence knew that how do we know that he knew that because of his correspondence he was telling president trump no there's nothing i can do to overturn the election the uh... Uh, FBI took the records from uh, Pence's home back on January 19th, so five days ago, while Pence was in Washington for the March for Life annual anti-abortion event. The Justice Department's National Security Division and the FBI have launched a review of about a dozen documents that were in Pence's possession, according to CNN. Uh, Pence attorney Greg Jacob informed the National Archives of the discovery in a January 18th letter uh, with the notification coming two days after uh, the attorney Greg Jacob said the documents were found. There's more on this coming up. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. Mike Pence in uh, happier moments. Uh, it, it, does does this uh, mean that we now have to check out uh, everybody else in a position of authority? I mean, the people who are in positions of authority obviously have been motivated to check out themselves. I think what's striking about the Mike Pence story is that he must have been moved by finding the situation with uh, Joe Biden, which is horrible, and uh, then saying, uh oh, well, maybe we better look through what I've got at my home. And he did, and he notified the authorities. And the, the one thing about this is there are people who theorize that some of these documents may have been planted, that they were planted on Biden, Maybe they were planted on Trump. Well, we, that it cannot be true because we know that Trump defended him taking the documents. And uh, initially, Trump didn't want to give him back, uh, didn't want to give them back at all. So what is going on here? And this goes back to a, a sort of a, when you talk about politics, it's the equivalent of that old phrase, Occam's razor. Occam's razor is a law of logic that says... Uh, generally, if there's a simple, direct explanation, that's the one that you go with. The one that is easiest to believe, that is most likely, that is least contrived, that is least elaborate. Okay, the Occam's razor explanation for all of this, I mean, maybe, <laughs> is is not that anybody had some kind of malevolent intention, that not that anybody was planning to undermine the government or to share these documents with foreign powers or trying to undermine national security. 
When you're talking about Washington, D.C., and anybody who's been around Washington, D.C. and operated there knows this to be true. The first explanation you would reach for would be incompetence because it's so widespread. Uh, sloppiness. Uh, basically, not any kind of evil intentions, nothing satanic. Lauren Boebert has been talking about the role of Satan in contemporary affairs, and we will get to that later in the show. It's related to another subject for later in the show. Why are so many churches closing? 4,000 churches sold last year? We'll get to that. But the, the point being that what you've got in Washington is there are a lot of people who are just uh, recently graduated from college, not even recently graduated from law school, recent college graduates who uh, come out of uh, usually blue-chip universities and get jobs working for senators or even for members of the cabinet uh, and who have very important positions, basically fulfilling errands like packing up papers and... Uh, uh, taking them home, some of them, when a, a, a member of that Congress or the cabinet or even the president leaves office. And the idea that uh, these people are going to be flawless in every way that they operate, well, they sure better on this point after this because you can see this t terrible damage it's done to uh, President Biden, to President Trump, where it's part of a collection of scandals, but for so many of the scandals, particularly involving the handling of papers, uh, isn't it vastly easier to believe for Trump, for Biden, and for Pence that this is not part of some kind of intentional plot. It really is just uh, the sloppiness and uh, the carelessness, you could even say recklessness, that goes along with almost every big bureaucracy. When you think about literally the, the number of people who work for each of these big office holders, and that's even true for when Biden was a U.S. senator, because some of the papers that were found actually go back to before Biden was even vice president. So before 2009, that's when he became vice president. Uh, uh, John Bolton, who has indicated he's running a quixotic campaign for president of the United States, I don't think he'll be a serious contender, but he said this about uh, Biden and the discovery of the classified documents, clip six. I think it's going to get a lot more serious for Biden, the fact that uh, apparently some of these classified documents go all the way back to his Senate days and yet have traveled around with him. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's an incredible gift to Donald Trump that in many people's minds, not the least of which are Senator Dick Durbin, Senator Joe Manchin, two Democrats who said yesterday they thought the administration had been damaged. Uh, I mean, we, we need to do a lot more in the transition process to make sure these classified documents go where they're supposed to go at, at the end of an administration. Well, Trump has argued that the Justice Department is treating Biden differently than they're treating him. Is Trump wrong about that in your view? Well, they are treating Biden differently because Trump treated the Justice Department differently, and uh, the two are not equal, that's for sure. 
But I think politically, Biden's self-inflicted wounds here have pretty much absolved Trump from the prospect of prosecution. I think it's hard to prosecute a former president to begin with. I think Biden's uh, errors here make it almost impossible. I, I think that uh, John Bolton is entirely correct on that. And then, meanwhile, just yesterday, the entire world was talking about the mass shooting in Monterey Park, California. Eleven people killed, uh, the shooter killing himself. And literally just uh, hours after that old conversation was going on, and frankly, it was toward the very end of our show. There was another mass shooting in California. I'm sure you've heard about it in Half Moon Bay, which is another part of the state where you're not assuming there's going to be all kinds of raging, violent crime. Uh, in Half Moon Bay, there was another mass shooting. Seven people killed. And they were killed in two different locations. They apparently were targeted. They were killed using the same kind of gun that uh, Tran, the uh, killer, the now dead killer in Monterey Park used, which was a semi-automatic uh, pistol. And it's the kind of gun where you would think that, well, a lot of people are talking about this. California has very, very tough gun laws. And yet uh, the people who look to gun laws and new gun regulations as a source of putting an end to the mass shootings that are so nightmarish for this country. There's another not mass shooting because it was only two people killed, but two teenagers killed at a school. And it was a school for especially disturbed students with uh, special problems like juvenile justice problems. And two teenagers killing another two teenagers in Des Moines, Iowa. Another place not noted for its wild and crazy violence in the streets. It's not Chicago. We will get to that. What does it signify? Where do we go? Coming up on the Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. Michael Medved show the um, L.A. County Sheriff uh, who is uh, named Robert Luna uh, spoke about um, the mass killings uh, over the weekend that uh, occurred in Monterey Park, California. And again, I think people now have heard all about the ballroom in which it took place, the dance club, which was such a big part of the Monterey Park community. Monterey Park, not to be confused with the former Mexican capital of California, the city of Monterey and Central California. In Monterey Park, it's 65% uh, Asian American, and almost all of those people are either immigrants or the children of immigrants from China. Uh, China or Taiwan or Hong Kong, but it's a heavily Chinese part of town. And in fact, it had been referred to Monterey Park as the uh, Chinese Beverly Hills. 
And not that there aren't Chinese American people in Beverly Hills, too. There are. In any event, here is what the uh, L.A. County Sheriff Robert Luna said uh, in regards to people. And this always happens when there is a a terrible event like this. People suggest, uh, how can we let this go on? Uh, As if you can go ahead and pull a lever. And then that lever will stop all of these shootings. If, if it was that simple, who wouldn't be in favor of that? But the simplicity usually involves some kind of new gun regulations, ignoring the fact that uh, the people who perpetrate these, kind, these crimes don't pay attention to regulations. It may be against the law to brandish certain kinds of firearms, but it's far more obviously against the law to murder people. And yet they do it anyway. Uh, this is the L.A. County Sheriff about the California gun laws. This is clip two. Gun violence needs to stop. There's too much of it. Uh, we're all standing here tonight because uh, an individual uh, took a weapon and did the damage that we've talked about without repeating it. I, I think all of us uh, uh, need to take some ownership there. I think we really need to go back and look at what we do. Uh, California has some of the strictest gun laws in the country, but yet look what we just had today. So let's look at across our nation, see what works and what doesn't. I could tell you this, the status quo is not working. So we need to re-examine what we're doing and what may work better. And I hope that this tragedy doesn't just go on a long list of many others that we don't even talk about until the next one comes up. Okay, part of what is coming out, and it's coming out very slowly regarding the shooter in Monterey Park, is that he had a record of contact with the police department in Hemet, California, which is 85 miles away. That's where he lived in a trailer. He apparently did have a criminal record. There were complaints about him. There were reasons to fear uh, this individual having hold of firearms at all, let alone the kind of firearm that has been banned for 30 years in California altogether. Uh, This is the uh, sheriff in uh, California. Uh, Robert Luna, again, commenting on the kind of uh, weapon that the Monterey Park shooter used. Listen. With the suspect, the weapon that was recovered from the Alhambra location in which, remember, the suspect went to the Alhambra location uh, after he conducted the shooting and he was disarmed uh, by two community members who I consider to be heroes because they saved lives. This could have been much worse. Uh, The weapon that we recovered at that second scene, I'm describing as a magazine-fed semi-automatic assault pistol. Not an assault rifle, but an assault pistol that had an extended large-capacity magazine uh, attached to it. Um, And uh, that's the pistol that was recovered at the location in Alhambra. And uh, what uh, uh, possibly can be discerned about the motive of the shooter? Listen. 
State investigators uh, are still working very hard, uh, as they were yesterday through the night and today. Uh, this is a very complex investigation. There's so many other things we don't know. There's information out there uh, that the suspect may have committed uh, these crimes, and I'm paraphrasing, due to jealousy or some relationship issues. Uh, we're hearing those things too, but have not confirmed any of that information. It's part of what our investigators are diligently looking into. From the Monterey Park scene, where the victims were assassinated, investigators recovered a total of 42 shell casings and a large capacity magazine. The uh, gun the L.A. Times is reporting, which was used, was an extended magazine. It's generally illegal in California, has been illegal for 30 years. Luna, the sheriff, said investigators also recovered a Norinco 7.6225 semi-automatic handgun registered to Tran from inside a white van where the 72-year-old uh, used that gun to shoot himself and kill himself. As authorities continue to comb Tran's background for a possible motive, Luna said his agency has been working with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives to determine the gun's origins. Uh, it's part of the puzzle that we're trying to uh, put together, he said. And uh, what uh, does this lead to the governor of California concluding who is to blame for this tragedy? This is Gavin Newsom, 3.5. The Second Amendment's becoming a suicide pack, it feels like. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, and that's the only question the community wants. How do you mean, what about, I mean, what about our kids when they're going to school? Um, what more can we do? And, you know, again, I, I, we look at that all the time. I mean, I, we did another half dozen gun safety bills last year. We'll continue to find whatever loopholes we can. We'll continue to lead the national conversation on gun safety reform. And the data bears out it works. It saves lives. California's 37% lower gun death rate than the rest of the nation. And yet, with all that evidence, no one on the other side seems to give a damn. They can't get anything done with Congress. Okay, I, I, again, the uh, Second Amendment is a suicide pact. What, what kind of regulation could have been taken here regarding uh, what uh, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, calls gun safety? What gun safety regulation beyond what California has could possibly have stopped uh, this horrible, horrible incident in Monterey Park? And uh, what about this incident in, in Iowa? What's really striking about that is this is a shooting with two dead boys, uh, one of whom is 18, uh, one of whom is 16. And they were both killed at a school that was deliberately set up to help people get out of gang life and to get out of the kind of criminality that even in a place like Des Moines, Iowa, attracts too many young people. And so what went wrong there and uh, what do we do? Uh, there is more on this. There's more also on the organized, hideous killing going on in Ukraine. 
with uh, maybe some movements to try to give the good guys a better chance. Uh, that and uh, the motive of all these various shooters coming up. The Michael Medved Show. Michael Medved show. What happens when a former gang banger, uh, somebody who's active in the criminal life, has a long arrest record, uh, comes out of prison, decides to go straight, has a apparently religious awakening, and starts working on getting kids out of the dangerous gang life? What happens is murder. That's at least what happened in Iowa. We'll get to that story in just a moment. Uh, Gavin Newsom reiterated his point about the Second Amendment becoming a suicide pack, as if uh, the Second Amendment somehow was to blame for this extremely warped 72-year-old guy, Tran, that, uh, uh, that the Second Amendment permitted him to go out and get a gun that he apparently had, and this is what they assume, because when the that kind of semi-automatic pistol was outlawed in California, they had a grandfather clause. And at 72, you're old enough to be a grandfather. And uh, he apparently had had that gun for a long time. He had also modified it. Uh, the L.A. Times says the gun, which was used with an extended magazine, is generally illegal in California. Luna said in investigators also recovered that other semi-automatic handgun from his car and uh, as authorities continue to comb trans background for a possible motive Luna the sheriff said his agency has been working with the Bureau of Alcohol Tobacco Firearms and Explosives to determine the guns origins it's part of the puzzle that we're trying to put together he said one of the reports is that what they're picking up so far is part of the motivation may have been that Lunar New Year party that they were celebrating and they had literally thousands of people in Monterey Park which is the cultural center really of the Chinese American community there are more Chinese people who live in Monterey Park than live in Chinatown in LA uh, and uh, he apparently, Tran, was very upset and had communicated the upset that he hadn't been invited to the celebration at this particular ballroom where his ex-wife was. So uh, he sort of reacted to the social site by murdering 11 people. Uh, it's an unbelievable story. It's also unbelievable that Gavin Newsom and Gavin Newsom is an extremely likely presidential candidate. It seems to me it is inconceivable that the Democrats, unless they have their suicide wish, are going to nominate Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. I mean, because both of those would be very, very clearly losing candidates, it seems to me. So Gavin Newsom, as the governor of the nation's largest state, who was just triumphantly reelected as governor of California, and he wants to be president. He's aching to be president. So he thinks he's going to get that presidential Jones by uh, 
uh, attacking the Second Amendment as a suicide pact. Uh, here is Governor Newsom with more. This is clip four. Nothing about this is surprising. Everything about this is infuriating. California has the strictest gun laws in the U.S. I mean, the Second Amendment's becoming a suicide pact. But there's many people in this country that support the Second Amendment and are lawful gun owners. Yeah, I have great respect. I have no ideological opposition to someone reasonably and responsibly owning firearms and getting background checks and getting trained. Authorities say the shooter used a modified pistol with a high-capacity magazine. But how did he get a gun that's illegal in the state of exactly. California? Exactly. We'll figure it out. That's going to happen. You've got to enforce laws. Things fall through the cracks, but it doesn't mean you give up. Okay, no one is saying to give up. And it's just that when people emphasize that the only way to prevent against uh, situations like this is um, to uh, to uh, pass new gun regulations. Uh, California, which had literally, it was less 72 hours, less than. It was a couple of days after the shooting at Monterey Park, they had this other shooting at Half Moon Bay, which is an, a truly idyllic location, and that's up in San Mateo County. It's way up in the other part of the state. But again, a uh, in this case, another elderly, 65-year-old Chinese-American shooter, uh, this one apprehended. So we will find out more about his motivation. He goes to two plant nurseries and kills seven people. Seven people. There is, is this story, too, and it, it's just extraordinary. It's from Associated Press. And Dateline, Des Moines, Iowa, two teenage students were killed Monday, that's yesterday, and a man was seriously injured in what police said was targeted shooting at an alternative educational program that was designed to keep at-risk youth away from trouble. The injured man was identified as the program's founder, a rapper who left a life of violence in Chicago and was dedicated to helping youth in Des Moines. He uh, actually did um, a song, a rap song for Des Moines called Wake Up Iowa. Three people were arrested shortly after the shooting at the educational program called Starts Right Here, which is affiliated with the Des Moines School District. Police said Preston Walls, 18, of Des Moines, was charged with two counts of murder and one count of attempted murder in the Monday shooting. Two teenagers, one an 18-year-old male and then a 16-year-old male, were killed in the attack. The program's founder, 49-year-old William Holmes, who goes by the name on stage of Will Keeps, was badly injured. Police said Walls, that's the shooter, was on supervised pretrial release on a weapons charge and had removed an ankle bracelet 16 minutes before he went to the school with a gun and confronted the two student victims. Police said Walls and the two students all had gang affiliations and were in opposing gangs. Officers arrived to find two students critically injured and they started CPR immediately. The two students died at the hospital. The adult, later identified as leader of the school, Will Keeps, was in serious condition. Police said he was in surgery Monday night. About 20 minutes after the shooting, police said officers stopped a car that matched witnesses' descriptions about two miles away and took three people into custody. 
Police said one person ran from the car. Yeah, good idea. But officers tracked that person down with a police dog. Well done. Uh, the Starts Right Here program, which helps at-risk youth in grades 9 through 12, was founded in 2021 by Will Keeps. The school is designed to pick up the slack and help the kids who need the help most. Uh, he said, the uh, authorities' police did not say whether the teenagers in custody were students at the program. The fact that they didn't say it probably means they were students at the program. The Greater Des Moines Partnership, the economic and community development organization for the region, says on its website that Keeps came to Des Moines about 20 years ago from Chicago, where he lived in a world of gangs and violence, before finding healing through his music. According to the program's website, one of Keeps' songs, Wake Up Iowa, sends a message that violence and hate are not the Iowa way, and instead we need to learn from other cities' mistakes so that we don't end up ravaged by violence and crime. The school's website says 70% of the students it serves are minorities, and it has had 28 graduates since it started. The school district said the program serves 40 to 50 students at any given time. We are saddened to learn of another act of uh, gun violence, especially one that impacts an organization that works closely with some of our students. This is interim student uh, superintendent of schools, Matt Smith. We are still waiting to learn more details. What's really shocking about this is the shooting is the sixth at a school in the United States this year. This is in one month in which someone was injured or killed. But it's the first one with fatalities, according to Education Week. The website said, Last year, there were 51 school shootings involving injuries or deaths, and there have been 150 since 2018. In schools where we all entrust our precious young lives. In the worst school shooting last year, 21 people were killed in an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. You know about that one. In a separate shooting outside of Des Moines High School last March, one student was killed and two other kids, teens, were badly injured. Okay, clearly this needs attention. The rise in crime and lawlessness and homelessness, yes, there is homelessness associated with some of this. Uh, it, it all needs more attention and action in this greatest nation on God's green earth.